Hey y'all, good evening everybody. Come on in, come on in. Girl Chat Weekly is coming to you on my regular page and I'm gonna go ahead and share it to the Girl Chat Weekly page and we're gonna do our book club session while we read through this chapter together. Good evening y'all. Hey everybody, come on through here. I'm not gonna be online. I didn't do this at six because I have another obligation. Obligation. The girl is talking today. So y'all get on in here so we can talk about this here book. This chapter is hitting really, really good. And I'm just really starting it. I have not been doing the best with my reading. Hey, Simone. Hey, Simone. How you doing, girl? Come on through. Come on through. Go ahead and tag and share. I am LAG. I got me some rainbow sherbet, y'all. Ooh, she got some rainbow sherbet today. Mm, 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 mm. So good. I love rainbow sherbet. How was y'all Sunday so far? How's y'all Sunday going so far? You know what, Simone? I've been doing it in spurts. And sometimes when you work and do stuff like you got things, you're doing schoolwork, you don't always have a time to just sit down. Um, but we're going to walk through this today. So if you got your book with you, if you're at home, we can walk through this together. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter. I just want to hit some highlights because the beginning of it got me together. So I just want to make sure I get this over to um, the right pages. So bear with me. If you haven't read this book, haven't purchased this book, never heard of the book, just come in here. It's called Girl Chat, but if you a man, we ain't going to put you out. So you might as well come on in here too, because I think this book can help anybody who really wants to be helped. All right. All right, cool. I got everything saved to where I want to go. I'm Latanya Harris Gooden, by the way, if you don't know who I am. Okay, that's all right. So if you ain't got it with you, we're going to talk it through. I don't want you to get in trouble on your job, though. So make sure if you at work, be discreet or on your lunch break or what have you. So hello, good afternoon to you. Okay, yep, you on lunch break. Good deal. So I know I have to make sure my girl is all right. How are y'all? So listen. We have the Girl Chat Weekly page. doesn't have a lot of traction just yet. And a very smart person told me, uh, suggested to me to do the book club discussion here. Since I can't seem to find y'all over there, uh, we're going to do it over here until we get um, a little bit more traction. But even if we don't get any traction at all, this book has been blessing me. I love you too, Simone. And y'all follow Simone's podcast page, Digging Deep. She has great topics. So be sure to follow her. A couple of announcements. Um, Tuesday, we're going to go ahead and do the discussion about communication and business this Tuesday. All are welcome, not just girls. We're going to open it up to men and women because business is universal, not just a female or, or male situation. So we'll do that. Uh, we are coming close to the one year anniversary birthday of Critical Conversations on October 28th. We'll be doing our birthday slash anniversary show. Yes, please follow Simone's podcast page, Digging Deep. 
and enjoy her content over there. But on the 28th of October, Critical Conversation celebrates one. Not that I've only been doing the videos for one year, but I've been doing them under the umbrella of Trailblazers with the Z radio for one year. So that will be my one year birthday slash anniversary. If you've ever been a guest on my show, if you've ever been in the comments, or even if you've never been, come on and watch. Uh, for those who have been hanging with me, if you want to come in the studio and chit chat with your girl and celebrate with me, just let me know and I'll get you the link. I'm excited about that. I am. So the book is called Girl Mogul. Let me just show y'all the book. This is the book. All right. Dream It, Do It, Change the World, Girl Mogul by Tiffany Pham, P-H-A-M. She is the founder and CEO of the company called Mogul. I happen to be walking through the Dollar Tree Tabernacle of Praise, Deliverance, and Fellowship, and, and I was pulled over to the front of the, of the store display. It was a book display, and I didn't know that Dollar Tree had ventured into the book auxiliary, okay, the book mission. And I happened to just glance down in this book with this big pink M and was right there. And the title girl mogul grabbed me. Well, for one, I do have a business. Shout out to uh, myself uh, for being an entrepreneur. Polished on Purpose Paparazzi is my business. I'm an independent paparazzi consultant. Ain't she cute today? And yes, I've been doing it for three years. So that's part of what I do. I am a podcaster. That's a business in itself. Uh, so I have a couple things. And I also am operating under LHG Service Consulting. So I do some things, you know, concerning um, administrative work for a few people. Um, so just a few things that I have going on to God be the glory for the things he has done. And I make sure that my paparazzi page website is in the comments so if you would like to uh order follow me please do that yes deliverance and fellowship i add to the name every time because the dollar tree has more attendance than the lord's church i'm gonna leave that right there we can debate that in the comments another day but the dollar tree tabernacle praise deliverance and soldiers, the attendance is always on the rise. Y'all giving y'all ties to Dollar Tree. And therefore, they were able to branch into books. And this book, our book, Girl Mogul, a dollar twenty-five cent. And it's written particularly for a younger crowd, like high school, college kind of girls. But I like it because it's super practical. Super practical. So even though it's not um, over your head, like some of y'all might like to read those kind of, you know, that's right. Attendance in Dollar Tree is 10,000%. Y'all don't miss a service at Dollar Tree Tabernacle of Praise. Y'all don't miss not one. Y'all in midnight worship. If Dollar Tree was open through the night, y'all would be in there. Like a, like a 24-hour CVS, y'all would be in there. I know you would. And it's okay. I'm not here to condemn. There is no 
condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation in going to the Dollar Tree. I'm just here to point it out, my observations, not for condemnation, but for observation. All right. So let me get to this chapter five, y'all. And if you want to go back, ladies, and watch the other lives, go on the Girl Chat Weekly page and catch up. If you want to just watch the lives and catch up, well, I'm on chapter six. This book has 12 chapters. And here we are in the beginning of October. So we're probably going to be going into November if we do one chapter a week. Because the chapters are lengthy. It's an easy read, but they're long chapters. So listen to this. And let me just say this, um, I do not own the rights to this book, but I am going to discuss this book under the Fair Use Act, Section 107, okay? It's not to infringe upon any copyrights, but it's for discussion, um, and that's it. I don't own it. I want you to go buy it, $1.25. It's definitely a game changer for me. So... Chapter six is about rising above what we used to call the haters. Are we are we still calling them haters in 2023? In the 80s and 90s, it was big, like no hateration in this dancery. I mean, everything was about haters. People hating on me, hating on me. Uh, I don't use that phrase as much, but we used to call it hateration. Now, I, I, I think it's just called bullying <laughs> it could be that it could just be people who don't like you for whatever reason and it doesn't even have to be a legitimate one i found in the whole um atmosphere of women we don't like each other and don't even hardly know each other so simone says we still calling them haters i just that word just ruffles my feathers because i don't feel as though my life is so great that somebody would be hating on me, but it don't even mean that people find reasons. The preacher I heard today was just saying that people at her church didn't like her, had, didn't even get to know her, but had pretty much said, I just don't like her. Why do we do that, women? I mean, do y'all do that? A lot of women do that. If you're not a part of their clique, come on, church cliques. If you're not a part of their little group, They'll grim you and, and look at you like you you an alien or something in the church. Like what happened to the come as you are and the smiles and being kind? I don't know what it is about women, black women in particularly. This is an area of improvement that we need to concentrate on because we miss out on what each other can do or or having a good relationship because we in this I don't like her stage. Do you know her? Well, she looked mean, or maybe she constipated. I mean, you don't know what, why she looked at me. Maybe her stomach is bubbling and she looked at me and she don't want to have an incident in her drawers. I mean, can I just be honest today? Don't go by somebody's facial expression to say young like them. Like if you walk up to them and say hi for five years and they don't speak, you got some grounds there. But if you just go on by a person's facial expression on one occasion, I don't like her because she looked like she mean child it might be focused when i was working and doing my training and they would catch me hey cousin they would catch me going down the hallway and they would say we tried to speak to you and you was looking so mean and i'm like i'm so sorry i didn't even realize it but when something is concerning me or i know i'm on a, a serious like mission mission i'm talking like real mission 
my face just is just it's like focused. It's really focused, not to be mean, but don't don't base how you feel on a person on superficial stuff like their facial expression or or something that really doesn't speak to their character. You never know what that person has been dealing with in their mind, in their body, in their spirit that could be manifesting itself on their face. And if you were any kind of good old child of God, maybe you would still say, hello, how are you? You look concerned. You know, start up a conversation instead of, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Look, just face to it. Look, I don't like it. I don't like it. Just tell up face. I mean, we got to stop doing that. We don't do the best in friendship. But let me get into chapter six. So it's called Rising Above. Let me get my notes. I wrote some notes, y'all. I wrote some notes, y'all. Y'all tag and share some people. And again, it's called Girl Chat Book Club. But brothers, we ain't got no security guard. We can't afford that. So if y'all slide up through here and be listening and watching, it is okay. The first line out the gate, y'all get y'all some rainbow sherbet. Let it melt a little bit and make it into a milkshake. Mm-mm-mm. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I just love rainbow sherbet, y'all. So, anywho, the first line of chapter six blew me out the gate. Listen to this. It is thanks to bullies that Mogul, the author's company, exists. Drop the mic, roll the credits, close the laptop, and go sit down. She said she's thanking the bullies for her company existing. That's right. The seeds of Mogul, her company, were first planted during the insecure years of junior high when she faced ridicule for being who she was. Stop right there. What was your life like in junior high? Now, I know Simone just was in junior high last night, but for the rest of us, what was your life like in junior high school? First of all, what is junior high? Is that fifth grade elementary school, either your high school or your elementary or middle school? I don't know. But I can recall my life in middle school and in high school. I had a little bit of bullying in elementary, but that was a hope. That wasn't friends. That was more of a family member. I had a family member who showed up to my school because his children went to the same school and he yelled out something about my little piglet or something like that. And this was my family member. And he was always making references to weight. We just talked about this the other night on Girl Chat Misa Check-In showing up for us. I forgot to mention that. I don't know why my relative, no matter how, where I was or when he saw me, he would always make references to me being big. My whole side of the family on that side was big back in the day. So he yells out in the middle of the hallway at school when the classes are being walked to lunch. It's, it's probably about 50 kids in the hallway. And he yells out, my little piglet. Yes, Kenyatta, be, being called the N-word and being spit on is I can't even describe what that would feel like. I don't even know what that would feel like. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Being called the N-word and being spat on is the worst of the worst. 
spitting on somebody got the most grossest, disgusting thing anybody can do besides throw up on you. That's just so some of us have school bullying trauma that has followed us into um our early adulthood and to where we are now. And here we are, some of us uh looking at and staring at 50, going back, even reflecting on my childhood makes my stomach hurt. That is a trigger. I'm gonna be really honest. And if you just give me a second. I want to drink something really quick because I feel it. I feel it. And this is not meant to trigger y'all. But this is real talk. Because the, the author is saying that she thanks the bullies that made her feel uncomfortable for being who she was. How do you ridicule someone for being who they are? How do you spit on someone because they're black? How do you, as a family member, how about there's my piglet? to your niece how how how? and some of us if you were like me and you were obese dark and had a whole jerry curl these kids always found reasons to tease me i came in quietly i got in the class early i would i would i would intentionally try to hurry up and get to the next period to get in my seat before the the popular kids came in so they won't see me struggling to get into my desk. Come on, we're going to talk about the truth today. This, this is a part of our lives. So the author goes on to say, while her goal of creating something like her company called Mogul was established when her grandmother passed away, it was the feelings of self-doubt and unhappiness generated by girls focused on bringing people down that made her wonder why it was that why it was that girls were taught to compete with one another. Why were girls competing with one another in the 80s and 90s? Why did we have the light skin cheerleading type of girl versus the dark skin, obese, jerry curl wearing, you know, generic shoes wearing girls? Why was it this competition? There was colorism back in the day. The, the, the young boys wanted the lighter skin, long hair, caramel colored girl, the right physique. And even though one young man decided he did like me, but in front of his boys, he was one of the bullies. But what people didn't know is while he was bullying me and other big girls, his mama was at home, the original, you know, it's not a pound life cast. Before there was a my 600 pound life show, that was what his mom looked like. And he was making her pick him up around a corner from school so the kids wouldn't see her being large in his little bitty Tonka car. Come on. And what are we teaching our kids? Parents, do you have discussions with your kids about being a bully? About not being a bully? about not talking about kids who look different, sound different, maybe even smell different, dress differently, speak different languages. What were these parents teaching these children in the 80s and 90s? And even now, the people who spit on you, cousin, and called you the N-word, 
clearly those parents weren't teaching them to not be racist. So you spend so much time in school, kindergarten, fifth grade, 12th grade, college. And if you've experienced bullying for the majority of that, what, 15-year period, 12-year period, goodness gracious, no wonder why some of us are really still traumatized. So my question to you, this is what I wrote in my notes. What thanks do I owe my bullies? The ones who crushed my spirit, and yes, I allowed it, and made me feel like I had to work 25 times as hard in corporate America than my non-Black counterparts, and tried to pit me against the only other Black female manager. Working with a bunch of hormonal chicks was a a trip. So I went from my younger years being bullied, and don't you know that bullying happens in corporate America? Don't you know that workplace bullying is a thing when you have people that have unrealistic expectations of you, have their thumbs on you so tight that it causes you anxiety? Cousin says it taught her to stand alone. Ooh, that's powerful. That's powerful. It taught me, it taught me isolation growing up. And I don't know if that's a good lesson, but it made me do a lot of isolating, a lot of writing. Most of my poetry was built based upon the bullying, um, the childhood trauma in our home, the what goes on in this house, stays in this house. This this whole husband of yours is, is, is messing with me. So a lot of what we dealt with as children manifested itself Differently in our minds and our bodies, how we see ourselves. Yeah. Cousin says, I'm going through corporate bullying right now. You know what, cousin? I'm praying. My prayer is that whoever that is, that they're convicted and that you're able to go to human resources because I had to go to HR. Oh, this rainbow sherbet is blessing my soul, y'all. I had to go to HR. And, and yeah, because not only was she rude and condescending, she tried to tell me, compare me to the other managers and say that LXG, basically, you're the only one behind and you're, you're pulling us down. When I knew from talking to my coworkers, we all was behind because it was too much work. So why would you, first of all, lie? And secondly, I'm sure management class, day one, paragraph one, tells you as a leader to never compare those who report to you. That's like a a preacher comparing his um, congregation person to person. You you should never do that. So my prayer, Kenyatta, cousin, my sweet cousin who who I love, if I need to put some gas in this good old red Equinox and roll up, I ain't got no sleeves on, nothing to roll up. I take my earrings off. Look, listen, take my turban off. Y'all will see my bald head. Listen, listen, do I have to roll up? But, but there are people 
that have been allowed to operate in a posture of corporate bullies for decades. Where I was, there was this, a group of, of women, Caucasian women, who have been with the company 20, 30, 40 years. I call it the good old girls club. And I'm not racist or prejudiced. I love all God's people. But there are systems in these companies, racist systems that are in place and designed to push Black women particularly out. And to always have this micromanaging spirit around us. And then when you express your disdain about it, cousin, you get labeled the angry black woman and stop poking the sleeping bear. Stop poking her and she won't give you all that anger. That's what I'm saying. You talking about being prayed up because I'm going to be praying extra hard for you, cousin, because what that environment did to me, for one, is the reason why I wear turbans. I lost my hair. Stress exacerbates alopecia areata. So the more stress I got, the less hair I had. The more stress I got, the more teeth grinding I was doing. Now I don't even have any cartilage in the jaw over here from grinding all night, from worry and stress all night. And you know what, cousin? You will leave if you want to leave. I'm going to come against that trying to push you out, spirit. But all you're trying to do is do a good job. The devil is a liar and a deceiver too. I am so tired. And this chapter six talks about the fact. Let me, y'all, ooh, y'all done got me started. So the, the author says that she realized bullying at its core is rooted and stems from insecurity. From children to adults, there are people being cyber bullied. A girlfriend of mine, um, my first original Critical Conversations video that was shot at a library about cyber bullying was telling me about people in her inbox telling her, why are you singing? You can't sing. You, you're not this. You're not that. Can you believe that adult people are going in other adults' inboxes or in posts that are public? publicly saying evil, nasty things about people. It's rooted and stemmed in insecurity. Because what's happening is, cousin, you out here doing a doggone thing. And if you like me, you love what you do. I loved what I was doing. But people began to feel um, insecure around me because my drive was so high and it wasn't to make anybody feel less than inadequate. My drive is because that's what drives LHG. I don't ask anyone to pattern themselves off my work ethic. Mine came from my mother. I watched my mother work hard at General Motors for almost 30 years, being looked over for positions that she was pretty much already doing, but not getting paid for. So when you come into an office and you grind and you look like you're enjoying what you're doing and that people like you, it makes certain powers that be feel intimidated. I guess you would call it a hater. I don't care for the word, but it, it's kind of true. So the author says, Bullying stems from anxiety in the heart of the bully. 
And all often, all too often, the people being bullied are the ones the bullies most want to be like. You're bullying me, but you really want to be like me? So are you saying the emotion you're feeling is admiration deep down? But you don't want to admit that you admire this big old black woman. So you're going to come against her as if what she's doing is wrong. That is manipulative and crazy. But it sounds just like the devil, don't it? Somebody come in there and do a good job. Come in there and give their all. No slackers. I'm talking about somebody that comes in there and does the doggone thing. Sun up to sundown. Monday through Friday, Saturdays and Sunday if necessary. Instead of saying, I'm glad you're a part of my team, Kenyatta. I'm glad that you're a part of this team, LHG. You want to underhandedly create a dis an uncomfortable environment, a harass or harassing environment. And that's what it is, cousin. It's a hostile environment. And last time I checked, that is unlawful or at least against someone's code of ethics. It may not be a felony per se, but in some places like the EEOC or something, that is unacceptable. I, you, deserve to be able to come to work in a safe environment, be trained properly, equipped to do your job, and feel safe. It's hostile, cuz. And I don't see why that lawsuit ain't already been filed. Because I think you mentioned that a while back. That is not healthy for you. Those kinds of work environments eat at you mentally, eat at you physically. Ooh. We're going to have to have more discussions about this, y'all. Yes, we need our checks. Yes, we need our livelihood. But take it from me. After 20 plus years in environments where you always have this force that you're pushing up against every day, in every meeting, on every phone call, it's weighing on you. And it's not fair. Everyone deserves a hostile free, hostility free work environment. If you got a problem with my performance, okay, and what I've done didn't measure up to your criteria of production, then we can talk. But what is it that you are doing or why do you not like me so much to where you always got your finger on me? What is she doing? What is she doing? But my non-Black counterparts could cuss you out, not show up, call you stupid, tell you what they're not going to do and have no consequences. But the one day I speak up respectfully and professionally for myself, you got a problem with me. Ooh, if I didn't have this rainbow sherbet. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, let me keep going. Let me go back. Ooh, back to my notes. So to the people Cousin, no consequences. I have been in meetings where my non-black counterparts have just gone off on the manager. The child turned red as a ripe tomato. 
but the girl don't get reprimanded. People know knew her as this outspoken, I ain't doing that. That's stupid. That's dumb. But let me say something like that. You want to write me up or hit me in my performance review and mess with my bonus. Get out of here with that foolishness. Let me get back to my notes. To the people who told Oprah, Kelly Price, Lettucey, and Missy Elliott that they did not have the look. They couldn't say the talent, that they did not have the look, okay? I just want to know, are they feeling mighty low right now? Because I don't know another talk show host that does what Oprah does, has ever done what she has done to the level and magnitude that she's done it. Oprah is a household name worldwide. Remember when Candy told um, Marlo she was um, worldwide? <laughs> Oprah is worldwide. And after seeing Lettucey in concert, she mentioned that people were telling her in the industry, her hair was too short, too nappy. She was ugly. All these different things and reasons that she should not pursue her musical career. She is one of the baddest female vocalists. With music, without music, don't matter. She bad. But you, you just don't realize how in this world that we live in, there are systems in place that say what will and won't sell. So, my question is this. Who would have thunk that me, that I, would be a whole paparazzi consultant three years in the game? Am I perfect at it? Mm -mm. I'm not. I'm not. But I didn't think I could sell water at the gate of hell. But here I am. Here I am. Who would have thought one year later I would be a whole podcaster and be able to speak my mind the way I do and enjoy it? I wouldn't have thought that because growing up, there was no voice. You didn't talk back to your parents. You don't say you need therapy in the church. So here we are celebrating one year as a whole podcaster. So maybe maybe I owe some of my, you know, success to the people, the naysayers who said, you can't do that. Why would you do that? And you have people in your world. Disguised as friends sometimes that say, why would you want to do that? That won't work. How many churches are built on the fact that someone told them nobody would come to a church? You belong here. Don't be branching out. We we do owe something to these people. If you want to call them haters, you can. They actually have a place in our lives, some of them, not all of them, to push us. No, not to the point when you when you spitting on people and calling them N-words. No, that ain't, no. But sometimes we do need some push to show us what we really are made of. So side note, for those of us who want to be business owners, entrepreneurs, this book is about what it took Tiffany to become 
the CEO of one of the biggest companies that are out there called Mogul. And Mogul happens to be a community of support. So she took her situation from being bullied and not having support in her school years to creating this company of female millionaires and business owners that support each other virtually. Wow. That's why I love this book. Let's keep going. So she says, today, Mogul is a supportive network of friends that she wished she'd have had growing up, but a million times bigger. What did your support system look like growing up? Put it in the comments. Childhood Rainbow Sherbert is best in my whole life. Mm -mm -mm. Y'all, excuse me. It's melting. I don't want it to melt. What? Did you even have one? When you went to school every day, those of you who were born in the... 70s, 80s, whenever you were born, what did your support system look like in school and at home back in those years, the 80s, the 90s, late 70s? Because for me, the popular girls wasn't looking my way for friendship. Matter of fact, even at my job, when I got pregnant with my daughter, there was this one chick at the job we're talking about 2002. And she was um, dark skinned, pretty, nicely built young lady. And I overheard her say to somebody else, is she pregnant? Ooh, somebody would want to get her pregnant. I will never forget that. Cousin says, my dad lifted me up every chance he got. Praise God that you had a support in your dad cousin but when that girl said that it took everything in me to not grab her and want to shank her because i'm like chicken head you may not think i'm attractive enough to have a child but what nincompoop bully says that out loud who says something like that because you see a big woman that you don't think is cute, pregnant, who would get her pregnant? That, I'll never forget that. I, people say some of the cruelest stuff, y'all. Some of the cruelest stuff. Let me keep going. Okay, so. No matter where you find yourself about to face the harrowing halls of high school, college, you are likely to encounter people who will want to exclude you, who seem to want to tear you down or spread rumors that have no shred of truth to them. Have you ever been around people who seem like that their life's purpose was to discredit your name, to sabotage your projects, to, to cause others to not like you? There are people out there who, who do that cousin says i'm the one who sought out those that others bullied to befriend still like that today yep that's me we're so much alike cousin i just love you we're so much alike but the author is talking about high school and college but don't you know some of this stuff is happening with people who are 40 50 and 60 years old just a few years ago i encountered what i today i call it a bullying situation where a 
a lady was saying some some mean things about me to other people, but in my face, oh my sister this or my sister that. And it's like, well, why would you play that role where you don't even like me? Why why would you do that? My sister's life mission to destroy to destroy me. Woo wee. Wow. There are people out here that literally are trying to discredit and destroy people. It's crazy. Y'all, excuse me, I'm eating my rainbow sherbet, honey. I don't know why. When I started my job in 2001, July 16, 2001, brand new in the insurance business, coming out of office supplies, nervous, used to being the go-to, now I'm the student. But I can do this. I, I want this job. Turn almost everyone against me with her lies. But why do people accept those lies, though, Kenyatta? That's my question. Why are other people, women in particular, so quick to accept the lies? Why? That's what happened to me. And I talked to the lady like, I don't have any reason to just come and hurt you or say something about you. You let your friends come on my Facebook page and screenshot my, my posts and tell you it was about you. But you accepted that mess. I thank her, though. Showed me who was for me and who wasn't. Oh, Kenyatta, thank you to the naysayers. Thank you to the saboteurs. Thank you to the haters, the bullies, because you showed me that you were never in my corner in the first place. And if you hadn't done that to me, ma'am, I'm, I'm not going to call your name, but you know who you are. If you hadn't done that to me, I probably would still to this day been calling you my sister. Come on, Jesus. God has a way of exposing the enemy. Even the enemy in those you thought were your friends or your sister. Woo! And to this day, I ain't done nothing to that chick. Nothing to her. Didn't say nothing, do nothing. Something else went wrong that wasn't even about her. But she found a way to make it about her. And therefore, you and your little cronies don't want to be around me. So, but it hurt. It hurt. Because when you need to pray, you was calling me. And I was answering. It hurt. I can't lie and say it didn't hurt. But it showed me wolves and sheep's clothing in my camp cousin oh let me keep going okay so but take it from me you can use these attacks funnel their negative energy into positive channels think about it if you weren't awesome they wouldn't be targeting you cousin if you weren't a wonderful soul a sweet spirit a hard worker a go-getter, these people would not be targeting you. When I walked up into that company 22 years ago, as an entry-level employee in the training, from day one, cousin, day one, I said, I want to be a trainer. What you mean? You just got here. How are you going to want to be a trainer and you just start this job? I have a plan of action. Mark this day. I'm in training now 
soaking up all this knowledge. But mark my words, God is going to use me in this company as a trainer. And he did. Even before I was officially paid to train, I was training people, mentoring, coaching. I came in entry level. I came out a manager. Now, to some, that might not be much in 20 plus years. But everything I asked God to do for me in that company, he did it. And it's not because of my wonderfulness. It was him. And he called me there to impact lives. And I still have trainees who I talk to this day who are like my babies. That I told them, go beyond me, honey. Supersede me. Bypass me. Mm -mm. Roll run on by me, sweetheart. It's your time. What? This chapter started off. It got me going. I'm telling y'all. It got me going. Because there's a mean girl section everywhere. Whether it's school, church, or work. And maybe I don't know if y'all got it with the guys. But I don't like the mean girl group. The mean girls sit around talking about people, their clothes, their car, their arm fat. Mean girls sit down for hours and have whole lunches of gossip sessions. And yes, it happens in church. And I'm going to tell you this. If you are the kind of church person that goes calling people about other church people's just indiscretions or personal business, you will be held accountable by God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it today, and I'm almost done, y'all. We cannot proclaim Christ and sit up here for hours dogging people and making assumptions about people. You don't know what people are going through. Where is your love? Where is your compassion? Where is it? And you're wondering why your church is not growing or your circle is not growing. Who wants to be around you when 99% of your conversation is dogging another human being? You know who you are. Stop it. Stop it. They can be wrong. Let God deal with it. Or leadership. You are not leadership. Stay out of that stuff. And leaders, stop having dinner talk with your other churchgoers about people's personal business. Stop it. Because God is going to get you. You are there to have confidentiality within your church. So if you're sitting down with your people, your friends, and talking about other congregants, shame on you. I don't even know how I got there. I don't, I don't know. Woo. Let me get ready to get out of here, y'all. I say that to say, get you some friends where each one of you brings something special and different to the table. You don't have to always think alike, look alike, sound alike. You can go to different churches. You can even be different denominations. You might even not be Christians. You can be Christian. They can be something else. I don't know. I'm not a part of that group that 
shuns people because they don't believe how I believe. I will speak to them about how I believe. I will talk to them, pray for them. But I just don't shun people. Not when God is love. The love I show them could be what compels them to come to Christ. But in my relationships and my friendships, I want the real ones. That's all I want. These superficial chicken head women that are all out here just trying to floss and just want to be all that and not bringing real relationship and sisterhood and kindness into it. I don't have the time for it. I don't. I don't. And I do not regret how God severed those connections. They were toxic. You got you got busted, ma'am, talking crap about me when I didn't do nothing to you to deserve that. Nothing. I still hold my head, my head had an integrity. Five years later. And yep, I, we've seen each other here and there. I speak, I'm cordial, and I keep it moving. We ain't got to be enemies. We'll show us heck and never be friends again. Not like that. And you ain't even said you were sorry for dragging my name through the mud and I didn't do nothing to you. I'm telling you, I got a small circle and I'm okay with that. I have a small circle of who I call my sisters. They have seen me at my best, my worst, and everything in between, and they still here. Those are the real ones. Do we do we always see eye to eye? Nope. Do we always agree? Nope. We get on each other's nerves? Probably. Real friendship is acceptance. It's love. It's truth. It's commitment. It's community. It's all of that. And my prayer will always be, show me the ones who aren't really committed, but they're present. People watching your page, watching your videos, watching this, and don't even like you. Maybe you're drawn to me and you don't want to be seen. That's okay. Thank you for the distant admiration. I must be doing something right. Good job, LHG. So chapter five is called Rising Above, a.k.a. Later Haters. How to shut a bully down in five minutes or less. That's page 107. Here is a trick I recently discovered that I wish I'd learned about three years ago. It is a way to handle bullying or mean behavior that shifts the power dynamic immediately. It comes from a book from Brooks Gibbs, an anti-bullying expert who travels in different high schools to speak with students about how to defuse bullying by refusing to engage in the fight. As I said, anyone who is bullying you or making fun of you is trying to knock you down a few pegs. Bullying is trying to knock you down a few pegs. Sociologists call it dominance behavior. Your very existence challenges bullies in some way. Put a period right there. I'm going to have to underline that. The people who've been bullying you in your workplace, in your friendships, so-called friendships, in school, young people, your existence challenges them. When I went into my job 
when I first got into leadership and I had been applying for jobs, trying to get a management job and was told, no, 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 you're not ready. You're not this. When I finally got an award and they had to give me the job, um, I was met with all kind of different looks like who she thinks she is. And I came into my first manager's meeting with my notebook, y'all. And I'm trying to sit back and observe. And my my rule was when you're new, don't go into overly passionate. Just take it in before you start jumping in. I, well, I couldn't do it. I brought some suggestions. Next thing you know, who she thinks she is. She making it more work for us. And I was treated horribly for quite some time. When I really was just trying to help and bring fresh perspective and ideas to the group. So your existence challenges the bullies in some way. Maybe they wish they could start, start in the play like you, sing in a choir like you. Maybe they wish that guys befriended them the way they do with you. So they are going to try to pass their insecurity on to you by saying something nasty. And again, this book was broke for school, school age, high school, college, but they're talking about grown women too. Some people ain't happy unless they saying something nasty to you. But here is the trick. If you agree with whatever they say, they have nothing to push against. There is no way for them to win if you don't engage in the fight. Here's an example, she says. Bully, you're so lame. Nice outfit, you. Thanks. The bully says, "Um, okay, I hope you have fun at your loser rehearsal tonight. You say, oh man, yeah. It's a real time star in the play. I wish I could just go home and hang out in the mall. You're so lucky. So she's saying don't even engage in a fight. And it may sound practical, too practical and too elementary. But when they say something shady and something stupid, don't even fight fight it. Okay, thank you. Girl, why, why would you wear your arms out? Your arms fat. Girl, they show up, but it's hot. So I'm out here. I'm cool. Don't engage in the fight. If you don't fight with the bully, if you don't give your energy to it, they look stupid standing there trying to fight with you. Now, your case, cousin, human resources and the EEOC and, and whatever lawyer, 911 pain or 411 pain or whoever, because that's horrible. But in school, that would have been a good way to counteract that. She's so fat. I sure am. Ooh, I'd be glad when I... Lose a couple pounds, but until then, here I am getting A's and you getting F's. <laughs> shade, <laughs> fun shade. But you know, as I close, it's not that I feel that I have haters. I don't think that my life is so great that someone would want to hate on me. But what I've come to learn is that when people don't understand you or when you are doing stuff that they thought they should be doing or if you are living your life so free, like it's golden, without a care in the world, they're going to find a reason to not like you. Yeah. I'm 48 and I deal with that with people. Yeah. But I'm learning, Kenyatta, that I'm not for everybody. LHG is loud, loves to laugh, love Jesus, love people. And if you don't line up with that, 
I don't need you. We can be cordial. We can be, you know, polite. But please don't think you need to be around me and you don't want to be. I have no, no need to beg for friendship and love. I don't. I don't. So that's chapter five or six. Are we on six? That's the first few pages of chapter six. So I will say I'm going to go back and read, read five and finish six. And then I'll be back next week. Tuesday, we're doing a combined topic. It was would be Girl Chat Weekly, but I'm doing the discussion about communication in business. So men and women join me Tuesday night here at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Let's talk about how we come across when we're on the phone on a business call and as corporate citizens, if you're if you're in customer service, how are you talking to people? How is your tone, your words? Let's take that from both angles. All right. That's Tuesday. The big birthday celebration for Critical Conversations is October 28th at 8 no, 5 p.m. We're going to have a whole celebration show from 5 to 7. If you have been blessed by anything you see me doing on my podcast, be it Girl Chat or the other, other show, whatever it is, come on through and let's talk and let's just thank God together because this is something that helps me. This is part of my therapeutic and healing journey. I'm just here to do God's will. So, ladies, you can tag some other women, some men. This is not just a female discussion today, but it is our book club. If you still want to be in it, the book is called Girl Mogul from the Dollar Tree Tabernacle of Love, Joy, Peace, and Holy Ghost.com. A dollar and 25 cent plus tax. Okay. So, I love you all. Have a good rest of your Sunday. And I will see you on Tuesday. Good night, all.